0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM.
1: Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. President Biden said this week he's confident a deal will be reached to raise the nation's debt ceiling as the clock ticks down to June. Congressman Bill Heisinger tells us there are some positive signs.
0: Frankly, there's been a little bit of progress, but one element of progress is the negotiations have narrowed down to McCarthy and his representatives and the White House. So that means Chuck Schumer is no longer trying to interject himself into the
1: negotiations. Heisinga says it's unfortunate. So much time has been wasted while the White House refused to negotiate. He does share the president's optimism, though.
0: We're hopefully uh, going to make some very rapid progress. We've got a lot of issues to tackle.
1: Heisinga says if the negotiations had been where they are now two months ago, that would have been much more understandable. He says the delay has just meant about 100 days were wasted. He does tell us that no one expects a default on the federal debt. Meanwhile, what does Congressman Heisinga think should be done about George Santos? The embattled Republican from New York survived a vote to expel him from the House this week, but that doesn't mean his problems are over as he faces 13 federal charges. Isinga tells us he's no fan of Santos, but kicking him out of Congress before the process has played out is too much. There
0: is a due process component to this, and as distasteful as he is or as, you know, as deceitful as he may have been, as he has been accused of being, there's a few other folks that over the course of history and recent history that have been as deceptive and have done some illegal things, but there is a process to have them have their time, their day in court.
1: Isinga says this is a matter for New York voters. To handle.
0: I think it would be better for him if he resigned, but he's made clear that he doesn't want to do that, won't do that. I think it would probably uh, do well for him to do so, but that is a decision for him and his voters.
1: Santos is charged with wire fraud, money laundering, theft of public funds, and making materially false statements to the House. The charges come after revelations he'd lied about several aspects of his background. The Berrien County Road Department is planning to extend the Red Arrow Highway Linear Trail by another mile this summer. Berrien County Commissioner Jim Curran told colleagues today a resolution is coming soon to authorize the construction.
0: It's along Red Arrow Highway from Harbert Community Park to Sawyer Road. The total project is $674,500.
1: The Red Arrow Highway Linear Trail is right along the side of Red Arrow Highway. The plan is to eventually connect New Buffalo all the way to Bridgman. Of this, a project's newest project's cost $433,000. Of that comes from the federal government in the form of congestion, mitigation, and air quality funding. The county's cost will be about $240,000. The department says there's another project plan for the fall to expand the trail even more about doubling its length this year. and County commissioners are thinking about how to best prepare the county for green energy projects as utilities seek to construct more of them. At today's meeting, County Administrator Brian DeSette said the Board of Commissioners will hear from an MSU extension expert next week on solar farms and how they should be zoned. He said this is important information for township officials.
0: This is one of those that it really is important that they be aware, number one, that there's a model ordinance available. And number two, that there is very uh, real activity in the lease market and that if at the local level they want some controls on how solar gets built, they need to be doing that right now.
1: DeSette said Indiana-Michigan Power has told him they're looking to purchase solar leases on farmland as they expand their energy portfolio. Commissioner Julie Werfel said it's important to be prepared. As the MSU gentleman
0: next week will explain, is whether you're for or against it, it's right. irrelevant. You need the ordinances either way.
1: This discussion came just about a week after Lincoln Township trustees held a first reading on a moratorium on green energy projects while their planners create an ordinance to govern them. DeSat urged commissioners to talk with their township supervisors about the issue, saying this doesn't affect the county directly, but does affect the community. Benton Township will seek a state grant to help improve River Park following a discussion this week. Whiteman's Matt Davis told trustees the state is uh, taking applications for the next two rounds of SPARK grants. Benton Township is in a good position to qualify. The
0: township is in a unique situation and that they've been designated as an opportunity community, one of only 39 in the state. And uh, those communities will have priorities specifically in round three, um, but they're not precluded from applying to round two.
1: Davis said if trustees opt to seek the grant, they'll have to come up with a list of priorities for River Park. That might include improvements to the pavilion or a new pavilion, improved pedestrian access to the water, restroom work, or a fishing platform. Trustees voted to move forward with the plan. The deadline to apply is June 26th. The Boys and Girls Club of Greater Southwest Michigan is expanding its programming for the summer with more locations available throughout the region. The club's Sherry Ulig tells us it's thanks to an out-of-school time grant from the Michigan Department of Education. To
0: help support education and STEM learning loss during the summer. And part of that is expanding our summer programs to provide opportunities for more young people across Southwest Michigan.
1: Ulick says the club will have summer programming at its existing locations in Benton Harbor, Benton Heights, Bridgman, South Haven, St. Joseph, and Sturgis with some new additions. In
0: addition to our current site, we'll be adding sites this summer in Buchanan, Lawrence, at the John and D. D. Howard Ice Arena in St. Joseph, Three Oaks, and White Pigeon.
1: Boys and Girls Club says its programs will provide kids with a safe place to go during the summer while giving them a chance to learn. Registrations are being taken now, and the cost is $5. Go to the website of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Southwest Michigan and click Member Registration at the top of the page. The programming starts June 12th. And set for tomorrow is the annual Girls on the Run of Southwest Michigan 5K. United Federal Credit Union's Lisa Hansen tells us around 500 girls will take part at the event at Southwestern Michigan College. Girls on the Run is a year-round after-school program that teaches girls about healthy living.
0: But it's way more than just an after-school program. Girls on the Run inspires girls of all abilities to recognize their individual strengths while building a sense of connection in a team setting. They have trained coaches that guide lessons that blend physical activity with life skill development to enable girls to adapt to whatever comes their way.
1: Hansen says the 5K is the culmination of the entire year as friends and family cheer the girls on. United Federal Credit Union is a sponsor of the event this year. The 5K will be open to anyone to attend. The gates tomorrow will open at 5 p.m. with the run starting at 6 at Southwestern Michigan College in Dwazak. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. (music) WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwazak, where furniture shopping is fun. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy told reporters today he's feeling more optimistic a deal can be reached to raise the debt limit to avoid a government default in exchange for spending cuts. Members of his staff are negotiating with White House advisors while the president's in Japan for the G7 summit. More from ABC's Karen Travers.
0: According to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the right people are in the room now having these conversations. I'm not sure what that says about the conversations that he and President Biden have been having then over the past week. But these are now senior officials from the White House talking with senior staff from Kevin McCarthy's team to try and get this to the point where the president and Kevin McCarthy can sit down together early next week, perhaps, when the president is back from Japan and get it across the finish line.
1: More than 33 million people in the United States are driving vehicles that contain a potentially deadly threat, airbag inflators that in rare cases can explode in a collision and spew shrapnel. Few of them know about it. Because of a dispute between federal safety regulators and an airbag parts maker, they aren't likely to find out. The National Traffic Highway Safety Administration is demanding the manufacturer, ARC Automotive of Tennessee, recall 67 million inflators that could explode with such force as to blow apart a metal canister and expel shrapnel. But the company is refusing to do so, setting up a possible court fight. President Biden today will lay a wreath on the Hiroshima memorial on his G7 trip. The U.S. nearly 78 years ago used an atomic bomb on the Japanese city to help bring an end to World War II. ABC's Britt Klenet is there. We expect him to go to the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum. He may meet survivors. He is the second sitting president to visit Hiroshima after Obama. No president, though, has apologized. I spoke to an 85-year-old survivor, and she remembers vividly what happened. She wants G7 leaders to feel the sorrow and pain here and make sure that
0: nuclear war, uh, that nuclear action never happens again.
1: The Supreme Court has sided with Google, Twitter, and Facebook in lawsuits seeking to hold them liable for terrorist attacks. But the justices sidestepped the big issue hovering over the cases, namely the federal law that shields social media companies from being sued over content posted by others. The justices unanimously rejected a lawsuit alleging the companies allowed their platforms to be used to aid and abet an attack in Turkey. In the case of an American college student who was killed in an ISIS attack in Paris, a unanimous court returned the case to a lower court but it said there appeared to be little, if anything, left of it. The House Judiciary Committee held a hearing today on what the majority refers to as the weaponization of the federal government. The hearing focuses on some FBI agents who lost their security clearances after the agency said they supported some of the theories behind the January 6th attack at the Capitol. ABC's Catherine Falders has more.
0: Two of these agents who are testifying before the committee today had their clearances revoked. They were either at the Capitol or or were posting uh, information on their social media accounts or on their emails uh, about January 6th, espousing alternate uh, theories, for example. Now, Republicans are saying uh, that because their security clearances were uh, revoked and there's obviously an ongoing investigation, they've been suspended while this happens. uh, Republicans are essentially saying that they're being retaliated against The FBI, of course, uh, would disagree with that.
1: A dozen poor countries are facing economic instability and even collapse under the weight of hundreds of billions of dollars in foreign, foreign loans, much of them from the world's biggest and most unforgiving government lender, China. An Associated Press analysis of a dozen countries most indebted to China, including Pakistan, Kenya, Zambia and Mongolia, have found payments on the debt are consuming an ever greater amount of the tax revenue needed to provide basic services. It's draining foreign currency reserves these countries use to pay interest on those loans, leaving some with just months before the money's gone. Republican Senators Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Rick Scott of Florida, and Ted Budd of North Carolina have introduced legislation that would withdraw the U.S. from the Nuclear Proliferation Treaty with Russia, known as the New START Treaty. The bill suggests Russia's been in violation of the treaty, and the U.S. should strengthen its own nuclear defenses. However, a State Department spokesperson, Vedant Patel, says that The START treaty works to make the world safer.
0: Our view is that mutual compliance of New START strengthens security interests of not just the United States, but our allies and partners. It strengthens the security interests of Russia and the rest of the world as well. And that's why we are continuing to work to preserve the treaty. I've not seen this legislation, so I, of course, am not uh, going to comment on it. Uh, But uh, we think the world is better off when both of our countries are in compliance of uh, New START.
1: Russia has been threatening to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And the governor of Montana says that he signed a statewide sweeping ban on the use of TikTok as a way to protect residents from the Chinese. There are questions, though, about how such a ban to go into effect in January would be uh, tracked and enforced by just a single state. More from ABC's Alex Stone.
0: It's not clear yet if enforcing Montana's TikTok ban is even feasible within the boundaries of a single state, especially with commonly used and advertised VPN services. It would make it tough to know somebody is even in Montana using the app. Former University of Montana football player Adam Botkin is a content creator with 170,000 followers on TikTok. He says this will be tough on him. It definitely hurts, and TikTok as an algorithm as a whole typically has uh, more of a global outreach and more of a a natural outreach than any of the other platforms. First Amendment groups are already vowing to take on Montana's ban. Alex Stone, EBC News.
1: WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.